about that. Anyway, we're delighted to have you all here. If you're a guest today, as Claire's already said, you're very welcome. Um, and I, I had written down, if you're here for the food, there's loads of it, so please enjoy. I've had a few texts from people saying, what can I bring? And my standard response has been, just yourself. Uh, oh, I know, we're just such a giving people, aren't we? Uh, I'm going to speak that a wee bit later on anyway. We don't want anything from you. We want to serve you. We want you to eat your fill and enjoy yourselves. Uh, we're not selling you anything, nor are we buying anything. I hate those phone calls. Hello, Mr. Woodward. How are you today? No, I do not want to buy what you're selling to me. Did everybody get those phone calls? And then a friend at work said, you get more because you keep answering them. <laughs> Apparently, I had an accident recently. <laughs> um, and I said, where did you get that information from? And they said, well, we got from here. And I said, well, your information's incorrect. Oh, well, sir, have you, do you know have anyone else had an accident? And I wanted to go, but is there not an issue here that the information that you're, are you not embarrassed that I haven't had an accident? And they were sitting at work thinking, please just hang up, Colin. Leave it alone. So we want you to celebrate with us and have a good time. And we've been talking about faithful, and we're actually not talking about faithful today, but that's fine that that's up there. Um, we've been looking at what it means to be full of faith and what it means to uh, have faith about something. And faith, the Greek word is pistis, which means to be fully convinced. So when we say that we have faith for something, it means that we've been convinced that it's true and that we're going to live our lives by it. There's eight messages of that so far. Quick plug for the podcast. Uh, if you're listening to me on podcast, I'm really sorry, but you missed a very good barbecue. There's always next year. Um, but you can listen to any of our um, podcasts from the services, I think, really from the beginning on the website if you want to do that. So, today we're going to look at feasting and celebrating. Is anybody excited about that at all? I'm just going to stand up here. Let me read Luke 15, 23. Do you all know the story of the prodigal son and the faithful father? It's a one that's probably so familiar that we actually don't notice what's going on in there. But this is one line. The father said, and bring the fattened calf, kill it, and let us eat and celebrate with a feast. It's biblical, so we can feast all we want. But I want to look into a little bit about why we're having this barbecue today, about what it means for us to, to feast, and actually, is it a spiritual discipline just as much as fasting is? The Greek word is euphreno, which means to have a merry outlook, a cheery state of mind because feeling the sense of victory and inner triumph. Are you feeling that today? Sense of victory and inner triumph? Some of us are. We'll borrow ours. If you're not, just borrow ours. If you're feeling pretty glum, maybe if you borrow ours at the end of shoving yourself full of way too much meat, going into meat sweats and needing to lie down for the rest of the week, maybe you'll just feel a little bit cheery and a little bit happy. Feasting is the outward expression of an inner reality. It's not comforting. Why? Because we're not looking for food to do God's job. Oh, oh, that was a low bow. So close in in the message. Let me read this to you. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 5. God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us all in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. For just as the sufferings of Christ overflow to us, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. Can I just say, can you imagine if I brought into painful pastoral situations massive bars of dairy milk? 
as all the women go, yeah, it sounds like possibly the best pastoral care that I have ever heard of in a church. Sign me up. Maybe some of you want to talk to me a little bit more, no? I wouldn't be bringing comfort. I'd be bringing Cadbury's. More often than not, what I find is that what I bring into a situation where somebody's feeling pain is, it's okay. It is painful. Do you need permission sometimes to feel the pain of what's going on in your life? You feel like maybe I'm, maybe I'm making this all up or, you know, maybe it wasn't that bad. Or, and somebody, sometimes when people just come in and say, it's okay, that was wrong. That shouldn't have happened to you. I'm sorry that that happened. It gives you permission to experience the pain that you're going through. Now, why am I able to do that? Well, let me read Psalm 30 verse 5. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. And Matthew 5, verse 4, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. It's a process. It's a reality that we have to experience with God. God dwells in reality. He does not dwell in fantasy. If you think that this whole Christianity deal is just about, was it, it's a crutch? I remember hearing somebody say, well, you know, if, you're, if you can't walk, then a crutch is exactly what you need. Christianity, I have to say, C.S. Lewis said that it's not just that it brings a little light, it is the sun by which I see everything else. What I find is that my God forces me to look at the things that I don't often want to look at. And in doing that, he puts his arm around me, tells me it's going to be all right. Has that been your experience? So what I find is, let me, let me tell you a story. So this is a sad story, and it, it should be a sad story, but I hope that you can connect with it. So um, shortly after my daughter was born, my wife's mom was very ill, and she died actually a couple of weeks later. But a couple of weeks before that, we knew that she was very sick. But I remember, you know when you come to terms with, you don't really understand what that means, come to terms with, until you have to have come to terms with something. But I remember uh, just, just talking to God about it all, and I said, this is awful. And I think I used stronger words. <gasps> do you ever do that? And funny enough, God wasn't offended. What he said was, it is. And in that moment, I realized that we have to square up to the reality that is present among us. He is the God who comforts you in your pain. He's not going to comfort you if you're not standing in your pain. Joy comes in the morning. And as we square up to what God has given us, we can actually have him comfort us as to where we actually are. Now, we're going to go back to feasting and celebration. It's okay. It's all right. But what I do want to say is that if you're here today and there's lots of things that really, I just want to keep that door closed. You want to talk to me about your God? Well, I'll tell you what he, he allowed to happen to me. Or I've just got over that thing. Well, no, I haven't actually got over it. We've just shoved it into a cupboard underneath the stairs. And we know that when God comes, he's going to come to us and say, now let's talk about that thing that you've hidden away. Because he knows that if we're to be free, we have to be free in the fullness of what we've experienced in our lives. God dwells in reality, not in fantasy. So whenever I come into a situation, because I've already heard him say, Colin, it's all right, you can call a spade a spade. You can say that that was boring. You can say that, that you were hurt by that thing, that that situation was awful. And because I've let him do that to me, I can let you experience that as well. So we comfort God with what he has comforted us, us with. We don't feast and celebrate because we find comfort in food. We don't feast and celebrate because life is so awful and there's no hope. We are able to feast and celebrate because we find hope and comfort in Jesus Christ. 
We've received something from the Spirit of God and we're able to give it away. I'm going to speak to this a little bit later on. But in our culture, we're very, very good at serving others, aren't we? You know, I could say, can I come to your house? And you would say, come on in. And here's everything. Here's my cupboards. And I've baked this for you. And isn't it wonderful? And then I could come to you and I say, let me treat you today because you've loved me so well. I think you're wonderful. And here's all of the gifts. I would have to stand probably for an hour arguing with you going, take it, take it, take it, take it, take it. In fact, Claire hates it because I go, thank you. That's really kind. She's going, what? I'm like, did you want me to dance for a while? No, you, no, you, no, you, no, I don't deserve it. No, you, what you've done for me. No, you, no, 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 yes. Anybody else there? We'll talk about that in a minute. Feasting is about the heart. Feasting and celebration is an appropriate response to reality. We celebrate for a new job. If you're like us, we go to Ikea. We had dinner with our friends in Ikea, and uh, one of my friends that was sitting there went, Ikea, Ikea is not the place you come to for a meal. You buy furniture, and because you're hungry, you eat when you're there. Well, we like to go to Ikea for a meal. And funnily, in work, they said, are you shopping? I said, no, we're just going for a meal. And she went, that's weird. <laughs> so if you're like us, we celebrate when there's new jobs or wonderful things, we go to Ikea. And our children love it. Praise the Lord. Thank you very much. It costs 15 quid, doesn't cost 75. We celebrate when we get a new house. We celebrate at a wedding feast, an obvious one. We celebrate when a child's been born. Euphreno is the Greek word, having a merry outlook, a cheery state of mind because feeling the sense of victory or inner triumph. Feasting and celebration is the outward expression of an inner reality. And in the Old Testament, God gave feasts that were symbolic. They were appointed times to remember what God had done and what he would do. You all know about the Passover? If you don't know about the Passover, I love the Prince of Egypt. You know the cartoon one? I think it is just fantastic. But in it, it obviously depicts quite clearly that God instructed the Israelites to kill a lamb and it was to be perfect and it was to be one year old. One is a symbol of wholeness in the Bible. So it was to be one year old and they slaughtered the lamb and then they were to put the blood of the lamb on the lentils and then the angel of death passed by. And as I read it, I thought I never noticed that it was the firstborn of humans and it was also the firstborn of the animals that were killed at that point. So obviously, the Passover lamb was a symbol of Jesus Christ. And in the Old Testament, God said, you've got to do that on the first month, on the 14th day at twilight. They were to remember what he did. Leviticus 23, 5, these are the appointed times of the Lord where God calls you together, where you shall proclaim at the appointed times the Lord's Passover on the 14th day of the first month at twilight. God wanted them to remember what he did. And he, what he would do, that Jesus would come, he would be the perfect lamb that would take away the sins of the world. So when God asks us to be intentional about remembering something, it's because he knows that we're going to live our lives in the absence of that knowledge and that we'll forget. Do you remember the things that he's done for you? Everybody's flatline. Oh, I don't know what the right answer to that is. Do you remember? Yes. You do? I don't remember them all. I have journals with most of them written down so I can go to them if I want to remember them. Tishy, tell me, when you remember them, does it give you strength? Anybody else? When you remember how much you're loved? If you're standing in a room of people that you know dislike you and you remember that you've got a family that love you, does that not give you some sort of strength? Are you not able to stand in the place you can't stand in because of what you remember? So we feast to remember. 
If I, uh, tomorrow morning, didn't set my alarm, forgot it was Monday, and just forgot, what would happen? What would happen? I would get sacked. Well, I'll tell you, I would probably get a phone call anyway. They would go to the tune of, hey, get your, uh, get your, uh, things that we shouldn't say on a Sunday morning. Because I submit to the alarm clock, I get up and go to work so that I can pay my mortgage, eat food that I like and my family like, provide for my family, not be naked. Aren't you all grateful for that? (laughs) Save for holidays, heat my home, enjoy warm showers, have a happy wife and have a happy life, decorate the house the way Claire likes it. Feasting and celebrating causes, causes us to stop and remember what we so easily forget so that we can enjoy life. And enjoy means to live with joy because we remember what we so easily forget because life covers over what's actually present with the veneer of the mundane. Doesn't it? We miss it. And then something happens. Somebody dies or there's a horrible diagnosis, or something new happens, or a child is born, or something opens up, and for a moment we stop and we look at what we've looked at every day and we go, my goodness. So when we do what God's called us to do, which is to stop and to celebrate and to feast, we remember what we need to remember because we so easily forget. Nehemiah 8, 10, Nehemiah called to the people, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks. Got lots of coke. And send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Next Sunday, Claire and I celebrate 12 years of being married. I know I don't look like I should have been married 12 years ago, nor does Claire. That was one whoop. Can we try that again? Next year, next week, Claire and I celebrate 12 years of being married. Yay! Thank you, thank you. Unprompted. And for those of you who are married 40 years, go chuh. 12? What do you think you are? Mention it 12? <laughs> Go and sit there, son, and think about what you've just said. So we've booked a little bit of a spa in the afternoon. Yes, we're learning from you. <laughs> spa in the afternoon. I've never met a couple that holiday so much. I just want to hang around them and just let it rub off me. Gary, when do you go on holiday again next week? So we're going to a spa and we're going to have a nice meal because we want to remember what happened 12 years ago because it's important that we remember. We want to remember our vows. And we said that we would love each other each day more than we did the day before. Are we doing all right? She's laughing, moving swiftly on. Because we need to remember. We have to remember. It's important that we remember. And we'll relive the day. And I'll relive those nights straight after when Claire said, I didn't get to talk to everybody. Did I offend anybody? I should have chatted to more people than that. And now my advice to every bride that is getting married is, don't worry, you're not going to get to talk to everybody. You don't need to feel guilty about that. They're just going to enjoy the fact that they're there to try and save that poor sucker some of the pain that I experienced (laughs) on those nights afterwards. Celebrating what is past re-envisions the present. It renews and strengthens what's happening now. And on the 21st of September and the 27th of February, we remember every year the birthday of our children because they're wonderful. And every year we look at them and go, my goodness, look how much you've grown. Every parent says that the days are long, but the years are short. And we look at them and go, there you are, aren't you beautiful? Look what you can do, look how tall you are. Because the rest of the time, we're just trying to get them to do the thing that we need them to do so that they get to school on time and we don't kill them. 
So it's important that we remember on that one day that they are who God created them to be and we get to enjoy them for who they are. So if you're someone who's sitting here and you struggle with being celebrated, please, in Jesus' name, get over that. It's important that you do. And as you let others celebrate you, the quality with which you celebrate other people will increase. Deuteronomy 11, 18 to 21. Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as a symbol on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates so that your days and the days of your children will be many in the land of the Lord, the land that the Lord swore to give your ancestors, as many as the days that the heavens are above the earth. When we celebrate, we remember what we've forgotten. Celebrating what is past re-envisions the present and renews and strengthens what's happening now. And feasting and celebrating requires faith. We celebrate like heaven no matter what's happening on earth you're here today and life's not good and you're struggling and there's not much to celebrate about, well, we want to point you to another place. And there, there's no pain and there's no tears. And there are here and now. We're not running away from that. But one day, and also, what are we taught as children to pray? On earth as it is in heaven. And my goodness, could a barbecue in Carnphonic be a total, teeny little splinter of what it's like in heaven? Abundance. It's tasty. It's good fun. You can have whatever sauce you want. There's even kebabs. We're celebrating Jesus. We're celebrating who he is. We're celebrating what he's done, how he's changing us. Can anybody agree with that? No matter what degree, if you're changing and it's slow and you don't like it being slow, I'm afraid you're going to have to get over that too because he has an agenda and he's not going to respect yours. But you're changing. You keep coming, celebrating what we're free from. Celebrating what we're free to choose. We're celebrating this church. We're celebrating DCB and what God's doing among us. We're celebrating it's been a year since the last one. We're still here and we're growing. We're celebrating that in the middle of the mess, in the middle of the pain and the difficulty of life, that there's a God worth worshiping. Maybe it's in the middle of the pain and the suffering and the difficulty that none of us wants that in that place that that's our pedestal on which we can stand and say, you are who you say you are. And after that, nobody who doesn't believe isn't going to say there's something else going on there. We're celebrating that we are not defined by what we struggle with, that we're defined by who loves us. And if you can live with him in that knowledge, every single little thing is going to be all right. So again, if you're here today and there's trouble and it doesn't look like it's going to dissipate and it looks like it's getting worse or you feel stuck or you feel alone or you're disappointed or you're hurt, if you can yield yourself to this God that we're talking about, and sometimes that just looks like, would you lift me, God? It's going to be all right. Come, all of you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. And Psalm 34, taste and see that God is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. 
when you purse your lips around that sweetly barbecued meat. And if it tastes good to you in any shape or form, I want you to remember these words. Taste and see that your God is way better than that you thought he was. And he's way better than this meat that tastes flippin' amazing. Let's get practical. Let's get practical about this. I remember God, uh, God says in Proverbs, my name is like honey on your lips. So I got me some honey and I slapped it all over my lips. We don't do that a lot with the Bible. Let's get practical. You taste and see that God's good. Well, what tastes good to you? I certainly hope that, that meat, this meat's going to. It certainly did last year. So when you're tasting it and you go, mm, 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 I'm going to come past and go, mm, mm, mm. Because it's a shadow. It's just a little taste of who he is and what he's about. He is way better than I thought he was. Anybody else with me on that one? So when you purse your lips around that beautifully barbecued meat, whatever one you choose, will you go, this is just a little, little shadow of what God is actually like. He is good. Ruth's never going to recover from that. Anything she eats good, she's going to go, mmm, Jesus. So here's some enemies of the feast. Paying your way. Now, I thought, do I say this? Do I not say this? This could be one of those. You hurt me when you said this. If I hurt you, you come and talk to me and we'll figure it out, all right? We're not quitting on anybody. And I sincerely hope that I don't. As as Andrew's sitting there going, what on earth is he actually going to say? So I get some text during the week. And um, the text during the week went like this. What can I bring? Now, I appreciate your heart, and if your heart is, what can I bring because I want to serve? And it might be both of these things. Are we all right? Are we all right so far? Are we okay? Are we good? I don't look like a guy that's here to hurt you, all right? We're going somewhere with this, and it ends in a really good place. Because if you want to give me a lovely big gift, I'm very, very skilled at saying, thank you very much, that's very kind. So the guy that can say, thank you for the gift, is telling you to put your gifts back in your pocket. What's that all about? So if you were asking, well, what can I bring? Or you've come here and you're like, well, I'm going to pay it back. I want you to tell you to stop. Is that okay? So what do you do with the guilt? Sure, it's just what I do. Well, you can sweep it away like that and yield to that if you want to. Or maybe you don't think a whole heap about yourself. Maybe actually that thing that you do about, I, let me tell you a funny story, I'll lighten the mood. So uh, Sunday at Christmas, uh, I was maybe a teenager and I opened up a card and it was what, maybe 20 years ago at least, and uh, it was 20 quid and I was going, hey, yes. And my mom went, oh no, oh, we didn't give as much to your aunt and your uncle. And mom, if you're listening, this is for Jesus and we'll talk about it. Um, and she went, just, oh, we didn't give so much to your uncle. And my response was, because I was so frustrated because her words meant that I couldn't receive the gift that was given to me because it tainted it. Because it was like, you can't receive that because I don't want you to receive it. And the authority in the house in my life at that time was going, it's not right that you have that. I said, well, why don't you just transfer the difference of the money into their bank account? At which point she stopped. 
There are so many times when God wants to give us something, and because of our lack of self-worth, because we don't think we're worth anything, and I know that most of us in this room are really good at saying to other people, you are beautiful and you're wonderful. Thank you for what you've done for me. Let me give this to you. But you are crap. And let me say it again for those who didn't hear. You're crap at saying thank you and I receive what you've said about me because you don't believe that it's true. Well, please, let me call you to die to yourself today. We want to love you with this food. This is all free. We hope this is wonderful. We hope it's excellent. It's a time for us to bring about abundance and to enjoy those things. And if you're sitting here and you think, I'm just not worth it, you need to go, I'm believing a lie. Because this cost Jesus Christ absolutely everything. Didn't it? And all we can do is say thank you. He's got to wash your feet and you've got to let him. Because until you do, your service will be not worth anything. You cannot give away that which you do not have. So please, if it's been years, if it's been a habit of your life to not really receive things, to find a way to to slip in your bit so that it somehow eases the fact that you feel that you're not worth it and it's not okay. Maybe you've never thought of yourself like that. Maybe it's really hard to hear that. But please, if you can get to the other side of that, what you'll get to is this big God with a big beard, and he's really nice. And he's like, come here. And let him hug you and let him hold you. If my children ever stop me from loving them because they thought that they're not worth it, it would break my heart. You are breaking his heart. Do you feel it? It's a slap. It's meant to be a slap. You need to stop that. Because daddy's here. And you need his love. And he desperately wants to give it to you. Are we okay? Have we survived? Good. You cannot pay back the price that Jesus Christ paid for you. You can only receive it. Come all of you who are thirsty. Come to the waters, you who have no money. Buy and eat. Come and buy wine and milk without money and without cost. It's free, so receive it. You are worth so much more than you think that you are. We are freely giving, so please, please, please freely freely receive. It's our joy to provide for you because of what God has provided for us. Don't see our hand. Please see his. Nathan, could I get you guys up? He loves you. God really, really loves you. And we've heard it so many times, but you are deeply, specifically, intimately known and loved. You can tell other people that they're beautiful. Women do this all the time. Oh, don't you look lovely? No, stop it, I don't. Don't you look lovely? No, stop it, I don't. Don't you look lovely? No, stop it, I don't. I stand there most of the time going, I don't believe any of you. If you gave me a compliment, I would be going, that's not real. Now, for the one who comes and says, you look beautiful, and they can go, thank you. I'll listen to them. You cannot give away what you do not have. So if today, if you're here and you struggle to receive a compliment, you struggle to receive that you're loved, you struggle to be at a barbecue and not want to bring something, receive it, enjoy it, take advantage of it. We're here to be taken advantage of today. Take all you want. Wrestle people down to the ground for you if we want. Please don't do that. That was only a joke. 
Take advantage of what's being provided. Let it nourish you. And I prophesy to you, which means to communicate what God wants to do for you, that as you do that and as you receive, you will be able to love so much better than you were able to do before. The quality of what you give will increase as you learn to love. And everybody wants to be the good Samaritan, don't they? But very few of us want to be the one attacked on the side of the road. And yet, it was the one who was attacked that caused the opportunity for the good Samaritan to express who he was and the love that he had. So today, eat your fill. Let's have fun together. Let's enjoy the feast and celebrate together that Jesus is very much alive. You are worth more than you could ever imagine. Would you please stand with me? So for those of you who are new here, every time there's a message, we always cause you to respond. Why do we do that? Well, we want you to uh, grab hold of something that's practical. We believe that God wants to deeply affect your life, and this is one way in which you can do that. So I've got some questions to help you to respond. So if you can say yes to any of the following, or you just want to come up for ministry, then please come and do so. Have you forgotten what you need to remember? whether it's about the preciousness of the people that are around you or what God's done for you or people that were in your lives or things that were said to you? Do you want to learn to celebrate the abundance of heaven no matter what's happening on earth? And finally, do you want to begin or continue to receive how much you're loved? If you can answer yes to any of those things, please come and join me now at the front.